Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. The top power washing crew in all of Arkansas is Winston Power Washing. Based out of Sheridan, Arkansas, Jackson and his guys are ready to give you your home, your business, your town, or anything. A new update, a bath, and way much more. With top equipment and fast work, Jackson can get your place ready to have you up and going and ready to impress your visitors. Go look them up today, www.facebook.com slash Winston Power Washing. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. So hear me out. It's free. My father-in-law always says, the only thing better than cheap is free. So take advantage of it. There's a creation tool that allows you to record and edit from your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you, so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and all the podcast platforms out there. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to know to make a podcast in one place. So, download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Welcome to the Eli Jacket Drive-In Studio, Razorback Nation. It's time for the Hog Talk Podcast with your host, Jacob Davis of Arkansas Hogpen and Ty Hudson of Picture Network. Ty, how are you doing tonight, man? Hey, how's it going, man? Man, it's been it's going real well here that Northwest Arkansas has another super regional coming. Yeah, uh really excited. They did they fans showed up for the last one. Obviously when you're winning it it, it helps and uh, but I think no matter what, win or lose, Arkansas fans would have shown up had they, you know, faced an elimination game. They probably would have, probably would have hit even bigger numbers. You know, they just they just know when to show up and they know when to cheer and they know when to be loud. And uh, it was, yeah, it was it was an exciting weekend. I'm I'm sure they'll bring the exact same kind of, you know, enthusiasm to the next to the next super regional. We know that's just expected in Fayetteville at Bomb Stadium. It's just something that you expect from Arkansas Razorback baseball fans. Isaiah Campbell had 106 pitches uh, on on Saturday night against TCU. 106 pitches, and the fans were just into it the whole game. Every pitch that Isaiah threw, they cheered, and they, I mean, every strikeout, everything that he could do, Arkansas fans were pumped. And, you know, bringing in Ole Miss for the regional, or Super Regional, and Arkansas fans buying their whole allotment of tickets, 30,000 tickets in 10 hours. That just shows you how how much winning means to Arkansas fans, whether it's football, baseball, basketball, whatever it may be, Arkansas fans are hungry for a winner. And they showed by showing up and showing out to buy out the allotment of tickets for the Super Regional. That impressed me. Yeah, they... And I, I think the announcers talked about the the ESPN announcers talked about this a little bit. Like they show up anyways. Hog fans show up, win or lose, especially conference games. You just expect them. They're going to always be really high in the SEC as far as like a total attendance when you look back on the year. And that doesn't matter if that year wasn't that great or not. I mean, it matters. Don't get me wrong. When you're winning, more people show up. When you win, they will come. But it's it's still it'll still be pretty impressive even if they were you know, average, like if they were just kind of a 500 team all year. And uh, so they showed out it's, it's expected, you know, and, and like you said, they were in on every single pitch from Isaiah Campbell. I can't wait. 
I really hope they get in and out of Ole Miss pretty quick, and I'd like to see him get just a standing ovation from Hog fans his last time on the mound in Fayetteville. That that's gonna be really, it's gonna be important. It's gonna be, you know, big for obviously for the series for him to set the tone. And uh, yeah, I'm I'm really pumped about this super coming up next weekend. It's gonna be uh, it's gonna be an interesting one to say the least. I expect an intense, incredible, jaw-dropping atmosphere in Fayetteville this weekend inside Baumwalker Stadium. I just feel like there's something electric going on this season. Like, maybe there's something special brewing in Fayetteville where if if Arkansas wins this Super Regional against Ole Miss and they can close the door and go to Omaha again and just realize, hey, look, it's redemption season. This is what we want to do. This is what we're not going to be stopped. And I think that's where Razorback baseball is right now. These guys are on a mission to make sure that they they win the championship this year, that they will not be the nine. They never tie. These guys never trailed in any regional game this season. I mean, this past weekend. Yeah, I was... They I never mean, I wasn't. I wasn't surprised by that. I mean... Arkansas was clearly the best team in this tournament. TCU, although I will say they showed up, they played a wonderful two games against Arkansas. I mean, they were they were clearly the second best team in this in this tournament. But like that's all everyone was talking about. Like, oh well, you know, TCU proved that they belong in the tournament, and they did. But at the same time, they ran into SEC pitching. They were shut down. You know, I didn't realize this. They were one of the like one of the better hitting teams in the Big Twelve, yeah. at least a, according to ESPN. They were one of the better hitting teams. I didn't, you know, I, I don't know that far ahead. I haven't done any research on that, but you know, they run into to SEC pitching and they get shut down. And I, you know, I don't know if they actually really belonged or not. They certainly looked like it. They played, you know, especially that first game. That was intense. You know, it was just a that was. It, that was a pitcher's duel to, for like a lifetime, man. That's going to be something Hog fans are going to look back on and and remember, you know. And that's something those those guys that that maybe won't play at the next level for TCU and Arkansas will have something to talk about. Like, oh, I I faced you know TCU, you know, I faced Lodolo, and that guy, you know, you know he's he's bound to have he's a pretty good a top, career. Top, yeah, he was. Uh, yeah, he was drafted today in the uh, was he top ten? Yes. I think so. I'll have to look I, at that. But I know it was first. I'm pretty sure it was first round. So, you know, that's something they're going to get to talk to their kids about. Like, yeah, I faced that guy. I, I, I faced him on the mound, and he was something else. And the same thing for the TCU players about Isaiah Campbell. I mean, that was one of the best pitchers duels in Fayetteville we've, we've had in a while. Um, yeah. It was exciting, and, and uh, fans hung on to every single pitch from Zay. It was just an awesome. I wish I had been there. I'm sure the atmosphere was crazy. But, uh, yeah, I'm really excited for this next, for this Super Regional. I mean, I had pulled up real quick. Just talking about the pitching, you look back going into earlier in the season where Arkansas, during the middle middle halfway, they played Little Rock and they lost seventeen to seven. And you give up seventeen runs to the Trojans of the Sun Belt. The pitching was horrendous. And now you have the same guy going out last night and just putting a whooping on TCU and Patrick Wicklander. And you're thinking, wow. This guy, as a freshman, has come from day one to the middle of the season where he was just kind of iffy, and now look where he is. Yeah, I pretty, uh, pretty solid. Those midweek games, 
that was that was bad. I, there was no excuse for that whatsoever. But I always look at midweek games, especially at that point in the season. Arkansas, it still kind of felt like they were trying to get figure things out with with starting pitching and Connor Nolan. We're still kind of, you know, you're still in wait and see mode more or less at that point still. And Wicklander the same. And those were the questions this team faced coming into the year. You, who's going to be your starting pitcher behind Zay? We know Zay's going to be your game one guy, but who's game two? Who's, who are your weekend guys? And I kind of feel like they were so distracted by other things. And, you know, they were, I think at that point they were in conference play. And I just think it was a midweek distraction. It got away from them. It was embarrassing. It just it was what it was. Right. And they, they pulled around. And, and had that been a three-game series on a weekend, like a normal schedule, I think they would have absolutely – I think it would have been an obviously a much better series. I think they, right. I imagine Arkansas would be favored and probably would win that series against, against those guys. But I think that was a midweek distraction, but there's no excuse for that. And I'm like you at that point, I thought, you know, was this, was this just like a flash in the pan moment? These guys were playing Arkansas and this is their Super Bowl moment where they get to finally play the Razorbacks and the hogs just overlooked them. Or was this something else? Is this a sign of things to come? And I felt, I felt pretty comfortable that Arkansas would rebound just fine. And they did. They have. They're, I mean, there's a lot of people who are picking them to not only make Omaha, but to win it all. I don't know what their odds are, but they've got to be in – I think they're in pretty good shape, even though they got to get past a team that's had their number in Ole Miss. So, right. uh, I, I'm – you know, like like I said earlier, I, I felt like that moment was a – it was just a flash in the pan, just a whoopsie-daisy – Shouldn't have shouldn't have happened, but it happened kind of moment, you know, and that's baseball. That right. That's baseball. Yeah. When you don't when you don't pitch your 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 normal pitching, when you have to operate your bullpen a certain way. And we talked about this with the SEC tournament. Like the SEC tournament in hindsight is really just a it's just it's 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 three games, you know, or two games if you're if you go over two. Who cares? It's the tournament, you're or the SEC conference tournament. You're more concerned about in Arkansas situation, you're more concerned about uh, the games that are coming after. So Arkansas's rebounded just fine, and and uh, they're in really really good shape. Yeah, ever since that Little Rock loss, I was looking down. Arkansas has been twenty and seven since that since that Little Rock loss, and they really after that Vanderbilt game where they won Game Three, they have really just come along and just been an exceptional ball team. I mean, yep. yeah, they go down to Texas A&M and and they lose that game, you know, that series, and you're just thinking, okay, maybe we're going back down. Then you go in the SEC tournament, and you hit 186, and you're saying, okay, where's our hitting? And then you go to the NCAA tournament, and you're just thinking, wow, now we're back, now our hitting's coming, and our pitching's coming. Arkansas maybe really. They really might be peaking at the right time right now. So I, I hope that's the case because I, I think yes. I think part of it is, you know, Arkansas and like you said, maybe they're on a rebound. Maybe this is that moment we're kind of that we've been waiting on for them to get out of that slump. I think a lot of it. I think that's some of it. I think they've got a little bit of uh, encouragement. You know, they're a little bit more. You know, it's that point in the year where they're hyped, they're excited, but they want to they want to make up for what happened last year in Omaha. And so you're, you're starting to see that take place. And like Dave Van Horn said, they didn't even really celebrate after that win. Like they didn't, they didn't dogpile. They didn't do anything like that. They went out there like this was just business as usual. Uh, I don't, I didn't see if they shook the other guy's hands. I'm sure they did, but you know, the TCU players, but like, this is just business as usual. Let's, let's make up for what we, what we missed out on last year. 
That's right. a good sign. That's a real good sign. But I I think some of the reason why I mean they're hitting went up because they're not facing SEC pitching. I mean, let's be real. SEC pitching is like elite, uh, you know, elite. It is. It's 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 minor league baseball caliber pitching. Um, hitting is the same, and so you wonder how much of that is is that you know TCU and and Central Connecticut were they just not what the SEC has to offer, and that's what Arkansas. That's what's happened to Arkansas. Is they just couldn't hit better SEC pitching. We're gonna find out. We're gonna find out really soon because they're gonna play Ole Miss, and and uh, that's gonna be a an interesting battle. And we're going to just, you know, maybe they answer some questions this weekend and, and hopefully they can get out of the tournament pretty quick and, you know, get ready for Omaha. Yes. I mean, hopefully you get those two out of three. And your presumed starting pitcher this weekend for the game one is going to be Isaiah Campbell. I don't think there's any reason you can deny the fact that Campbell hasn't earned his spot as the Razorback star pitcher. If you look back at it, though, and you think about where he started his career and his, his starting when he started starting games in his career at Arkansas, he wasn't too stout. But I saw the promise that he had early on. I was thinking, this guy has it all. He has the build, he has the look, and he has the right amount of pitches that he can mix up his counts and stuff with. And he has turned into an ace. I mean, we talked about it earlier. Campbell had 106 pitches in through eight innings on Friday night. And the guy was just electric. He was so good. And was, was his? I thought I heard, and maybe I heard this heard wrong, but like his first thirty pitches, something like twenty of them were strikes. Yeah, it's like twenty-seven of them. That's in, I mean, that's impressive. That's really impressive. He had thrown going into that game. I think he'd thrown like one hundred and twenty-five, or he had one hundred and twenty-five strikeouts. I think going into that game, compared to eighteen walks. Yeah, <laughs> that's a, and he didn't. Here's the thing: he didn't walk anybody, unless no. my memory's slipping. He didn't walk anybody, no, not at all. And he had zero mound visits through eight innings. And Dave Van Horn, didn't, the, the pitching coach, didn't have to come talk to him. Dave Van Horn didn't have to come talk to him. The catcher didn't have to come up and get him right. Like there were no mound visits through eight innings. That is just unheard of in college baseball. That's that's that, just not something that happens. You expect them, especially towards the end. It was like, oh wait, no, he could actually keep going. He could have kept going. I think he was at a hundred and how many pitches? I think he was at one hundred six. I wouldn't have been. I would not have been against him going into the ninth inning, letting him finish the game. I I wonder. I mean, obviously at that point, I think Dave. Who knows what Dave was thinking at that point? But I I wonder if if that's the situation that they face in Ole Miss, where maybe. He, it's the same thing through like eight innings. He's just throwing nothing but heat, even after a hundred plus pitches. I wonder if Dave Van Horn doesn't just let him finish. I, I mean, that would be incredible. I know he wants to save him, and I know there's going to be some baseball purists out there listening to this, going, "No, no, no, you got to save him for Omaha." And they're right, you do. But that would have been that would have been interesting to see him let to, to allow him to finish. But I know too, it's still business as usual. Got to reserve him, get some other guys on the mound, let some other guys, you know. Let them uh, get some experience out on the mound, and you don't want them sitting too long and all that. But, yeah, I, I'm with you. I, I, I don't think I would have had a problem with it at all if they had let him finish. No. It's been amazing what Arkansas has had pitching-wise over the past couple of years. With Like last year, you had you had uh, Blaine Knight, Casey uh, – what was the guy's name last year? 
He was our Saturday relief. And then you have Isaiah, uh, Casey Murphy. It was Casey Murphy and Isaiah Campbell was your Sunday guy. Very three good starting pitchers. And then you're thinking, okay, can Isaiah hold up as the the guy next year? And I think he really showed that in, I think, game two of the College World Series against Oregon State last season, where it just he was just quite a question, and then he just goes out and throws just the six innings, the best six innings of his career. And he, then this year he comes in, and now he's just terrific. He's your solid ace. Yeah, and I was – that was my biggest question along with the other bullpen – you know, what's going to happen with the bullpen, how many freshmen are going to be in the rotation, What, who's your starting weekend guys, how good is Connor Nolan going to be? That's all we heard about was oh, you know, Connor, summer. Yep. Connor Nolan's going to be the savior of the football and the baseball program. It's like, well, uh, hold on. I don't, I don't know if that's going to happen or not. But uh, he ended up, when he got it figured out halfway through the year, Connor Nolan turned out to be a pretty legitimate pitcher. And I think when I mean, he was all SEC freshman, I'm I'm sure he's going to be hyped up throughout the offseason in baseball going into next year, and I, I think he's going to have the turnaround. But the biggest question for everybody was, can Zay go more than four innings? Can he turn into the guy that that the Razorbacks can lean on through you know as an ace or at least as a decent starting pitcher who's probably going to start the the series, start every series um, as their Friday night pitcher or whatever you know the first game one pitcher, and he didn't just pr- he. He went as far as to like, as the season went on, it was like he was making more and more money every time he took the mound. Absolutely. And all of a sudden, I mean, <laughs> there were kind of whispers and comment sections of some of these baseball websites like, wait, is he first round caliber? Like, did Isaiah Campbell make that big of a turnaround? And then Dave Van Horn says it himself. Throughout his entire career, Isaiah Campbell's turnaround is the biggest that he's ever seen from a, from a pitcher. That is, I'm telling you, that should scream something pretty loud to everyone listening to this who's paid attention to Arkansas baseball throughout Dave Van Horn's career. That's pretty incredible. That's a heck of a compliment. So I don't know. I have not had time to actually look at the draft. I don't know. I I don't think Zay was taken in the first. But do we have that, actually? I hate to say that right in the middle as we're doing this, but do we have the, the draft list pulled up somewhere? I don't, but uh, hold up as we're talking. You can go ahead. I'll pull it up while you're talking. The he made his money this past weekend against TCU. That there was a star in the making. Maybe Cinderella finding his glass slipper and realizing, okay, pin drop. He's the man. Yeah, bar none. He's the guy. This is who I saw. Three years ago, when Zay stepped on campus, I looked at him and I said, this guy's going to be a star. There were doubts that I was thinking, oh, man, I'm going to be proved wrong. And my father-in-law told me he's he's just not going to be a guy. He, he looks the part. And it's kind of like, you know, you you hear it all the time. Looks like Tarzan, but plays like Jane. There are moments I was thinking, maybe Zay's not going to be the guy. But, amid all the criticism, he tucked it in his. He tucked his belt up another notch and kept working. Yeah, he, he worked. He had a uh, really cool sit down with Bo Mattingly, and I haven't listened to the whole thing, but I heard the tidbit where he was talking about right after that loss against you know he he was the last pitcher to to face Oregon State in the championship series in Omaha, and 
I guess he like they went back and their their uh, strength and conditioning coach was like, well, you guys could take you could take the week off. And Isaiah Campbell was like, no, no, we're going to start working now. And he he went to work on himself. I heard that. Yes. And, and he I mean, he just he's a warrior. I mean, he wants to get better. And that that is going to speak really loud volumes to any MLB scout who's who's checking him out. Obviously, like you said, he made some money with this last with his last trip on the mound in Fayetteville. Like there's no doubt in a big game scenario when you really need him to come through. He didn't just come through. He went eight freaking innings and dominated. I mean, just he was unhittable. It was it was like I, I felt like TCU fans were probably reacting the same way we were last year against Oregon State when they brought that freshman pitcher in. Oh, gosh. You remember that? Like, how frustrating that was. Nobody could hit off that kid. And, and he I threw 128 pitches. I realize he's a freshman as I and Isaiah Campbell's a junior, but it was still so frustrating. And I'm sure TCU fans were like, this guy's going eight innings, 100-plus pitches, and we can't hit the guy. You know, and he wasn't—he wasn't losing command. He wasn't pulled because of of losing command or, or walking or hitting players or throwing, uh, you know, off the mark a little bit. He was pulled simply because they just really wanted to save his arm and they wanted to get some more experience up there, or they wanted the the younger guys to come in and get some get some time on the mound. That was incredible. I mean, it, it's. And I love how social media, how Hog fans have reacted to it. Like everyone's minds are just kind of—I'm not going to say their minds are blown because we've seen Isaiah Campbell be legit all year long. But to see him have that kind of control through hundred plus pitches and to go eight innings, and we all know he could have gone nine, is just—I don't know—you don't see that very often. You don't see that very no, often. Not in, in college. Not in college. Well, it, for any—I guess—any level really of, of baseball, you, you, it's just not very common today. So it was very impressive, and I'm looking at it right now. I don't see Isaiah Campbell drafted in the first round, but um, it looks like the draft is still going, actually. The uh, 27th pick was just made by the Cubs, and they picked up Ryan Jensen from Fresno State. So there's st- Okay, so we still have the 28th, the 29th, 30th, 31st, and 32nd picks for the first round. So Fingers we, crossed who knows? Isaiah goes. I doubt he goes first round, but – it's still, um, I don't know, man. He made some money this weekend, without a doubt. He's made money this season. Coming back was definitely the, the best thing in the world for him to do. Yeah, he was a 10th round pick to the Kansas City Royals. He could have left last year. Was it the I mean, Royals? Was, yes. Okay. Yes, he he was a solid pitcher last year. And he earned, I think he earned every every bit of what money he'll make this year in this draft because of what he did this season. Just yeah. and it just shows that he has not reached his ceiling yet, folks. He's just going to get better, and he could be one of the. Uh, he could be a solid pitcher in the MLB. Uh, I completely agree. I, I I think I agree with many of the fans and many of the talking heads and what they say that Isaiah Campbell could be one of the best uh, in the Major League Baseball. I mean, just where he's come from to right now, just like you said earlier. He's I don't. I don't know if I'm gonna go, I don't know if I'm gonna go that far. I don't know if I'm gonna say he's a Cy Young guy, but he's he's definitely somebody who's who's gonna see time. He's gonna get called up pretty quick to play in the majors, without a doubt. I I hope it'd be great to have another Cy Young, and if it's anybody, it's gonna be him. You know, Keuchel was was the last guy to do it for Arkansas. Yep. I'd like to see Isaiah Campbell do it, but you know, he's got a he's got a long walk before he gets to that point. But oh yeah, if, if anyone can do it, I think it's him. And after him, I think. I think Wicklander can grow, but I think Connor Nolan is probably your next 
your next uh, possible ace yes. for the Razorbacks. Wicklander, I think, can develop. I, you know, look, we're talking about the future. Going back to this tournament, and I said this on Twitter, pitching was the story for Arkansas yep. baseball this weekend. And everyone was so – I had this conversation with, with some friends of mine. I know we all did. What 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 concerns you more, the hitting slump or pitching? I think a lot of people probably would have said the the hitting slump, you know, being cold at the plate. But there are a lot of people who are critical of this pitching, and I just felt like, look, they're 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 not playing against SEC caliber teams. None of these teams are SEC caliber. Let's just nope. be real. They're they're decent. Cal was decent. TCU was decent. They fought their way into the getting selected, but they're not SEC hitting, and they're not SEC. They're not SEC. They're I would say they've got some SEC caliber pitchers. But I felt pretty confident that Arkansas was going to be able to pitch their way out of this tournament, and that is exactly what they did. And that's why you and I are sitting here going on for so long about the pitching because it was so great. It was really we haven't. Good. I don't know that we've had a single weekend this year where we felt that confident in the pitching. And you know, I'm not going to make a pick as to whether or not they go to Omaha because I mean, Ole Miss. You know, we've talked about that. Ole Miss has kind of had Arkansas's number, but. If they keep that up, if this, if the bullpen pitches like that, if the starting pitching pitches like they did, and let's say they hit like they did in this last game against TCU in the elimination game, then they could, they could at least two one Ole Miss. They could get out of it and yep. make it to Omaha for the tenth time in school history. Woo! And second year in a row. Second year in a row. That's never happened at Arkansas, right? Nope, never, never has. So real quick, real quick. Uh, while we're still talking about pitching, this would be the uh, this is the last thing I'm gonna talk about with pitching. Then we're gonna move on to Vernon Broughton Jr., the defensive tackle that visited Arkansas this past weekend. Campbell in game one versus TCU pitched eight innings, 106 pitches, eight strikes, eight strikeouts. Connor Nolan started on uh, Friday, as everyone knows, against Central Connecticut State. He pitched 5.1 innings, two strikeouts, two hits, and one earned run. And then you have Wicklander who who uh, pitched five innings, allowed three hits, seven Ks. But then you had Scroggins and Costi Shock, who combined for 3.3 innings last night for seven strikeouts. Just incredible. They buzzsawed the Fayetteville Regional this season. Yeah. yeah. So moving on to Vernon Broughton. Man, this is a big-time Texas prospect out of Cy Ridge in Texas. Big-time prospect. He's rated a four-star prospect. He has a grade of 95-99 on 24-7 composite score. 95-99, if you get one-tenth, one-tenth of a point, he'd be a five-star. And Ty, on your page, Picture Network, he's a guy that you talked about today. What does he bring to the table, and what was his visit all about this past weekend? Yeah, well, I I was... I knew I was going to make a video on this guy on the on the YouTube channel. I just knew it was coming after the when I heard he was, you know was coming to town, or when the visit was going to go down. I was really excited. I was hoping he would have a good a good time, and he did. You know, he's six five, two eighty six. I mean, he's just a beast inside for Cy Ridge for this twenty twenty class. He would be huge. I think that goes without saying. Right now, according to twenty four seven Sports, they have eight crystal ball predictions. Uh, and I think like all of them are taxes right now. <laughs> and that goes, it, look, it goes without saying. And, and right now, the only guys that we're kind of waiting on, obviously this could take a while, but they're waiting on uh, Jeremy Clark, 
um, TCU Insider and Trey Biddy and, and and a couple of others before they lock in their uh, their predictions. But after this visit, apparently he, he he had a blast, and he was quoted as saying that this was a good this was good for Arkansas. And and I mean, you know, when you look at the offers, Texas, Bama, A and M, Baylor, the list kind of goes on. He's his profile picture. I don't know about on Twitter, but on twenty four seven. It's him in a Texas A&M jersey. I think he's got a little brother that's all about Texas A&M. Oh, I think yeah. You were the, I think you were the one that were telling me about that. Um, I, I, look, I, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that he comes to Arkansas, but I will say that if if they pulled him in, he would be, first off, he'd be the highest-ranked player they've ever pulled out of the state of Texas, according to any recruiting site. They have never pulled in a top 100 player out of that out of that state now i mean like overall ranking not top 100 in the state of texas i mean of all recruiting like of all the the recruits right he's a top 100 guy on on 24 7 he's like 70 70 something i know he's he's top 100 as well on rivals so that would be big and i know there's some people out there who just ignore star power and and we've kind of gone over that a little bit here before but (laughs) i mean it goes it goes without saying this would be such a huge addition to this 2020 class and when you look at what they what they've done in the the tail end of that 2018 class, where they brought in the number one, number two JUCO prospect Dorian Gerald, then yeah. last year with all the talent they brought in at the defensive line spot, I mean, I, we could go on and on about that. I mean, it's it's they're just trying they're stockpiling talent at a position that you have to you have to you have to do that you have to stockpile talent around the line of scrimmage on the offensive line and the defensive line, and they're doing that. And if they land a kid. Like a, a, a Vernon Broughton, that just it just speaks to what they've been able to accomplish at Arkansas, and uh, I think his parents, his family, they were blown away by the visit. It, it just speaks really well for Arkansas right now, and I think based on what footage I've watched, what film I've seen, he looks like a guy who's who's like an immediate impact player. Now, I don't ever really say that about freshmen or, or incoming freshmen. Again, assuming if he were to choose Arkansas, but you know, I had someone ask me, actually send me a text right before we started doing this recording, and they asked me, you know, would he come in and would he redshirt at Arkansas versus the other schools? And that's a really good question. I don't know. I don't know about Texas and Texas A&M. I would imagine of those schools, he probably is more likely to redshirt at those schools than he is Arkansas. Um, but Arkansas, like, like you and I have talked about, they have absolutely dominated recruiting on the defensive line so yeah there's there's a chance that he could redshirt still even at arkansas but he also could be a guy that comes in and and has an immediate impact on the defensive line i think he's that caliber he's not far from being ranked a five a fifth star uh he's 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 just he's just an athlete go watch his film guys he's he's an absolute baller on the defensive line so yeah i'm big on him i hope they get him right now i'm i'm just He's it's probably going so, to Texas. It's but. so hard to bring out, bring that kind of talent out of the state of, of Texas. It's just so hard, unless you're in Alabama or an LSU. It's it's just hard. They usually stay in state, or you know, maybe they go play at Clemson or Oregon or something. But yeah, it's it's going to be a, it's going to be tough, and it's going to be a long road. He doesn't have an announcement as far or an, or an announcement date yet, so we don't know when he's going to make this announcement. Um, and, and he doesn't have a list, an official top six, top nope. ten list yet. So we'll just have to keep an eye on him. He's the guy, though, that he, if Mama likes the school, 
you know what mama likes mama's probably gonna get and she said yo is this is yolanda wells broughton her her tweet last night said while some say game ender which is what arkansas put on one of their little graphics of vernon's face and then it puts right beside him with the razorback logo and it says game ender and his mom said, while some say game ender, mama thinks game changer. She puts the hard eye emoji, live like boss hogs, and enjoy your visit, son. Hashtag boss hog life. Hashtag whoopie suey. Hash my heartbeat. Hash God family first. Family affair. Six pack. Hashtag that smile. Say it. So she, she seemed to really like Arkansas. They had his mom... His grandmother, I think his two sisters and a cousin and him himself there in Fayetteville. And apparently Chad Morris, they rolled out the red carpet. And if there's anybody that can get big-time defensive talent, I think it's the guy in John Chavis and Steve Caldwell. I mean, as you said earlier, in that last class, they got every single defensive line prospect they wanted. And if they can get Broughton out of Texas, that would be the biggest get and not only Chad Morris's era at Arkansas, but any era in Razorback history. You just don't go into the Longhorns and the Aggies' backyard and still one of their best players. So this kid is a guy that had a game-changing visit. Does Arkansas get into the top six, top five, top four schools? We don't know. But we know Arkansas has a chance, and that's what you want. You get these guys into campus here, and they see what they have and see what they're going to be be in for the next three to four years get into campus and you have a chance yeah i've always kind of felt that way i've always felt like look if if, you know arkansas let's be real unless you live here you know that what people say about the state that that, that aren't from here and have never been here you know it's not true and especially when you go to fayetteville and and i know there's people around the state who who get who look at northwest arkansas as like a bunch of snobs but uh, Fayetteville in Northwest Arkansas really has a lot to offer. And, I, you know, you can make the debate about, well, what can you really offer an 18-year-old kid? And that's a valid that's a valid point. But it's also something, too, where, look, high school or, or college football may not work out. You know, you may, you may end up having to go the 9-to-5 route. You may end up having to just go work somewhere, you know, with your degree. So you may want to stick around or if the NFL doesn't work out, if you go to the NFL and, and maybe you, you know, you don't have a whole lot of luck. Well, guess what? You're going to come back to Northwest Arkansas and you're going to have some job opportunities. Go back, Absolutely. get that degree from the U of A, go get your diploma and get to work. And and I know that's not what high school kids want to hear. And I know that's what fans don't want to hear. You know, they want to sell the NFL and that's what Chad Morris has to offer with what he's been able to do with, with players at Clemson and as an OC and as a head coach at SMU. And, and I think he can get them there. And I think, you know, when you talk about Broughton, he's definitely someone, I think you're probably, t- you're saying t- to him, like we've got John Chavis, he'll get you developed for the NFL. And I think he's, who knows? Broughton is probably that caliber of player. Again, when they get here and we get them on campus, that's another story. You know, so say a game, a really good example of someone who was, you know, I think he was a five-star on ESPN and he didn't really, he hasn't really lived up to that, to that, you know, high expectation yet, but make no mistake about it though. He'll go pro, but uh, Arkansas has a lot to offer, not just Northwest Arkansas, but the whole state has something to offer. And um, you get them here on campus. Like you said, you've got a shot at bringing a kid in. Then you, you, you know, okay, if you're not interested in the what Northwest Arkansas has to offer, well, the 
I think the first thing that you do on any visit, obviously, is you talk about the facilities and you show them the facilities. You know, you show them the Jones uh, Nutrition Center. You show them the locker room, the the expansion to the north end zone, all the things, all the renovations, all the new buildings on campus. And, you know, kids just uh, they'll fall in love with it. And then if that doesn't work, then by God, I don't know. Show them the chrome helmet, you know, put them in the jerseys as they like to as they like to do all over social media. But it tends to work. And Chad Morris knows what he's doing. So, yeah, get him on campus. You got a shot. And he's done well recruiting so far. Absolutely. Even by by the product they've put on the field so far, recruiting has been good. And the only way you can change the product of the field is through recruiting. And so, Ty, man, this Vernon Broughton kid, he's he's a big kid if you can get him. If you can really him in, he's a big fish. So we look forward to seeing what he has coming and if Arkansas can land him. So that is it for the Hog Talk tonight. We appreciate every single one of you fans uh, tuning in. Any fans that are struggling with the flooding in, in the River Valley and all throughout Arkansas, our prayers and our thoughts are with you. And we we just pray that you guys are safe and that you 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 turn around, don't drown, and, and all the things that 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 may sound clickish, sound like cliches. Listen to these guys. Be smart and be safe. And our prayers and thoughts are with you. So for Jacob Davis from Arkansas Hogpen and Ty from Picture Trail Network, we are out and we'll see you next time for another episode of the Hog Talk Podcast. Welcome back to the Yellow Jacket Drive-In Studio, and thank you for joining us for the next segment of the Hog Talk Podcast. Tonight we have Greg Curl join us from Muskogee, Oklahoma. Greg is the father of Razorback Safety, Cameron Curl. Greg, how you doing tonight, bud? Doing pretty good, doing pretty good. How about you guys? Man, we're doing great. Yeah, other than uh, being underwater, half the state being like flooded, I think we're all, <laughs> we're all doing pretty good. Thoughts and prayers are those pain. affected. It's crazy. Pain. We have the same thing here. Yeah, man. Yeah, the whole area, the whole region's just uh, a lot of lives, a lot of people affected by that. It's really unfortunate. Yes, absolutely. Our prayers. If anybody you know listening into the River Valley area and anybody on Arkansas River and any of the flooding area, our our prayers and our thoughts are with y'all tonight. So, uh, Greg, as a father, what was the recruiting process like for you guys? You and your uh, wife and watching Cam. It was very exciting. Uh, it was a very, you know, proud moment because it was something that Cam talked about as a very young uh, guy, you know, playing youth football at the age of four and five. You know, uh, me and him would sit down when he was young and we, we watched college football every Saturday, man. It, it didn't matter who was playing, you know, if it was on TV, he wanted to watch it. And he would always say one day, you know, that'd be me. So when he got the chance to get recruited, you know, it was very exciting, you know, and uh, a lot of people don't realize, you know, uh, it can get a little stressful too. you know, having 25 and 30 schools wanting you. That is a great thing. But man, it is exhausting because you do a lot of talking, <laughs> a lot of talking. Yeah. Well, you were. He was, oh, sorry. sorry, Ty. He was. Uh, I know he was offered by 
Oklahoma, Nebraska, TCU. I think it was. I know State, Arkansas State offered Texas Tech. Uh, yeah. Was it? Did it just feel like every single day something different from another school, or was it just kind of just was it everything you expected it to be that, throughout that whole process, or maybe it, just a little overbearing? <laughs> it was. A, it was a little more than I expected, you know, because uh, it to me it it started off a little slow than I thought it was, but then when it hit, it, it was a flood. You know, once once uh, schools uh, started calling and offering, and there was more schools that called and talked to him that didn't offer. I think some of the schools backed away after OU offered because, I mean, Missouri was on him tough. Alabama was talking to him. You know, it was other, other schools, you know, but once OU offered i think a lot of people thought that OU had him in the bag with him being an oklahoma kid you know yeah i i remember when arkansas offered him i don't remember exactly but i know he visited sometime in january um and let's see rob smith was the defensive coordinator along i think paul rhodes was coaching the secondary then Uh, what was what was the deciding factor with, with Oklahoma? What was it? Was it a family decision or was it just curl was your son was just something about Fayetteville. What what was it exactly? It was, it was all his decision. And we told him that from the beginning, we're going to support him. Uh, What me and his mom job was to do was to listen to what the coach is saying. And, and, you know, when we talk about it, just reiterate some of the stuff that he that they said, you know, in case he forgot because he was talking to so many people. Uh, I think the only I don't think he was too interested in Oklahoma at all. Uh, I think he only entertained the fact because I was an OU fan. Uh, uh, and we had visited Arkansas the season before. We was at the Arkansas Florida game on a visit. Uh, you know, unofficial visit. And that's when he first got to talk to Coach B. And uh, Coach B told him at the time he didn't have a, he said at the time he said he didn't have a scholarship. But as soon as one opened up, he was going to get back in contact with him. So Arkansas was in a little earlier before it came out that they was recruiting him. Wow. See, I didn't know that. I I thought when they offered him, I vaguely remember that season. I I didn't realize that they were that tight in the in the on the defensive side of the ball as far as scholarships. Um, yeah, and that's really cool to hear too. That you know that you guys. It was just like let him make his decision. And sometimes we know how we know how like parents can get super involved and and uh, get upset at their kids' decisions. And it sounds like you guys were uh, were pretty solid group and you guys both supported cam that's really cool so you weren't greg you weren't a guy that when it came national signing day you didn't just run off of this natural letter of intent because you didn't go to the oklahoma (laughs) sooners were you (laughs) Um, Max collins i don't know i don't know if you guys saw the video of his national signing day there were some people upset because when he made his announcement he grabbed the ou hat first yeah, I remember that. That's right. <laughs> yeah. He had some coaches and, you know, some friends that was really, really wanting him to go to OU. And he he was – he was he played it real good because nobody uh, knew exactly where he was going until he made the decision. 
And uh, toward the end, it was almost given away because Coach Rhodes walked through the door. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Is, and thank, thankful for the Arkansas media guys that didn't wear any Arkansas gear because they were there at the uh, signing day. Uh, wow. Yeah. So, you know, we were talking about Coach Rose, Coach Rob Smith. You know, real quickly, I mean, how has how has Cam and, and your family kind of dealt with the transition from the Bielema program to the Morris program? I mean, you, you had Rob Smith and you had uh, Coach Rhodes there in place for one year, and then you transitioned to uh, Chad Morris and a defensive coordinator legend, John Chavis. I mean, what's yeah. that transition been like? Uh, it was, it was a little rough at first, uh, cause Cam really grew real close to coach Rhodes. He really, uh, uh, grew real close to him. And, uh, there was a, a, a photo, uh, of that last game when they played Missouri, uh, and right before coach B got fired, the players knew it. They knew, they felt like if they lost that game, that coach B was going to get fired. And there was a picture of Cameron walking off the field crying because he knew Coach Rose was was going to leave. He was real close to Coach Rose, and Coach Rose, I mean, he was he he was close to the family. He was one of those guys that talked to us all the time, checked up on us, and everything. So at first it was a little rough, uh, but when Chad Chad Morris was hired, uh, we knew, you know, we had an experience with Chad Morris because uh, he recruited Cam at SMU. We went on a visit and everything, and talked to him, you know, before. Uh, and then when the hiring of John Chavis, I, w- I was a big Venables guy. You know, I was hoping we get Venables, but I knew we couldn't. But <laughs> when they when they hired John Chavis, I was like, who can be mad at this hire? You know what I'm saying? The, the, this guy, who knows the SEC better than John Chavis as a defensive coordinator? I don't think there's nobody out there that does. <laughs> you you can't find another guy that has the resume that Chavis has either. Yeah, the guys, the guy has churned out more defensive talent in his time as defensive coordinator at any school than anybody else. Yes, yes, yes. So, and that's I mean, one of the things are, Cameron told me when he got hired. Cameron told me, he was like, this guy, you know, he, he turns out talent, you know. He did his, Cameron did his homework when they, when they hired him, you know. Of course, they knew him, of him when they played against Texas A&M the year before, but he did his homework and, you know, he was excited. And I tell you, those, uh, Last year, you know, it, it was kind of rough learning a new uh, way coaches coach, uh, learning the new defense and everything. But you know, it's, it's been a smooth transition. Good, that's well, great. We, that's a that's a great thing to hear. That was, uh, I mean, obviously, Hog fans were pretty excited about Chavis, and that's obviously something that. I know through on my YouTube channel, I'd get a lot of people asking me like, what's this John Chavis system going to look like? What, you know, how much, how do you think the players are going to respond? And you know, what's next next for the hogs on defense? And it's like, well, we're just going to have to wait and see. So um, I'm really excited about the future. And, and I know Jacob is, and it sounds like you and, uh, and, and Cam are as well. Let yeah. me, uh, I wanted to shine a light on something really fast. You don't have to go too deep in on it, but, we know that that players, whether it's college uh, and, and obviously professional, they're gonna get they're gonna catch it on social media. They're they're gonna catch all kinds of just 
trouble and, you know, people trolling them. If they make a mistake, you know, fans are just going to jump on them really quick. I know last year someone had actually tagged you and your son in a comment that was, I don't remember it verbatim. I don't remember what he said word for word, but it was egregious. Thankfully, other hog fans called him out and you responded and handled it with class. I got to say, I remember just being really impressed. Like I could not have held back if that had been me and you handled it so well. What kind of advice would you give to parents whose, whose kids are being recruited by, you know, division one programs, no matter the sport, you know, division one, power five conference or not, what kind of advice would you give parents and, you know, how to handle this sort of stuff? Well, it's one of those things is going to come, you know, it it comes with the territory, you know, people, fans are not going to be happy with everything you do. You know, fans troll uh, Michael Jordan. So, you know, I'm not comparing Cameron to Michael Jordan, but it just happened with that incident, you know, and I, I see it all the time as a parent, you know, uh, not just Cameron, but other ones. Uh, the only thing with that one, when he, he tagged me and my wife and Cameron and, and basically saying that your son is this. So I took that a little bit more personal. Um, the good thing was I was still in Fayetteville when it happened and we was at Cameron's apartment. and. A few of the players was there. I remember Dre was there. Uh, Brito was there. Tyson Morris was there. And they were saying, you know, uh, it's like, Coach, man, don't let them guys get to you. We hear it all the time. It's like, we hear it all the time. You know, that's just some something that goes with the territory. So I just I just blew it off, you know. And, you know, I told the guy, you know, we can talk about it. It's obviously you got something to say to me because you tagged me. And my wife in the in the tweet, you know, you can say what you want to say, but when you tag us in the tweet, you, you know, you're making it personal instead of just, you know, being a fan upset with the play. And then it was right after the game, so everybody was upset and we lost, you know, so everybody was already upset. Yeah, I I saw it and and I you're right. I mean it does happen a lot. And I've I had never seen I'd never seen a parent actually respond. Now, again, it's not like I'm out looking for this stuff, but I saw you respond, and I thought, wow, he handled that way better than I definitely would have. And I honestly wanted to bring you on the uh, the Picture on Network YouTube channel and, have, and sit down and have an interview with you, but life was just crazy on my end, and I just couldn't make it work out. But uh, yeah. I, was, I was really happy we could bring you on and have you talk about that a little bit. I know I, I thought really it was a great example for other parents to to look to and go, hey, look, this has happened. You see how this, you see how Cam's dad handled it. You know that's a that's an example for everybody. And uh, and I was really happy to see so many Hog fans respond in support of your family and, and Cam. That was really that was really cool. Yeah. I know that you expect was, that, but that was very r- real awesome and it was it was it just showed the uh you know I, I a lot of people say it i say it too it's 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 a family you know being a hog fan is a fan it's a family people i've met so many people man and and our people so many people can't come up to me at the games or when i'm in Fayetteville you know i had people people recognize me you know not even doing football season doing you know and you know they just say stuff. It's just some of the some of the. It's like a family, man. The way people treat you, uh, you know, being a hog. You know? 
Absolutely. Greg, I got one more thing, man. Mm-hmm. How do the Hogs bounce back in 2019? <laughs> I tell you what, man, I, 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 I feel real good. I, I feel real good. And I'm not, not going to take anything away from the players that played last year that's not here no more. But we have a lot of talent on this team. It's the second year in this system. So people are going to be more comfortable, uh, you know, playing and not so much worrying about making this mistake because it's, it's something new to them. So I think they're going to play faster. They're going to play harder. Uh, just talking to some of the guys and talking to Cam, they're excited. Uh, they're working their tails off. You know, no nobody wanted that. Uh, nobody hated that two and ten season worse than those guys that was out there on the field playing. Trust me, and they they are trying their best to to come out and have a way better season. And I feel I can almost guarantee I uh, I want to guarantee a bowl game this season. You know, I can't guarantee it, but I just want to say it. I, I predict a bowl game just by what I've been seeing and and talking to these guys and how excited and. Uh, they are, and I'm pretty sure the coaches are, are too. You know, with it being the second year, everybody's for me. With more for me with everybody, everybody's more for me with the expectations of everybody. So I'm seeing a, a, a turnaround this year. Well, Greg, I, on behalf of me and Ty, I just want to tell you thank you for joining us tonight, and we are so happy that you joined us for the Hawk Talk. Hey, no problem, man. Anytime. Absolutely, yeah. Thanks a lot, man. I. I was, you were the first person on my mind when we were talking about doing interviews. And I was like, man, we got to get him on here. Like, I want to talk to him so bad. Yeah. I, 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 uh, you know, obviously your son, I think, uh, Jacob and I both feel pretty good about the future for your son with his Razorback defense. And, um, who knows, maybe even beyond that. So, you know, yeah. uh, we'll be following him throughout the rest of his career. Like we do all hogs, but that's right. So, uh, coach, we appreciate you being on tonight. Good night, bud. Good night. Take it easy. Shelby Taylor Trucking has been around Grant County and Sheridan, Arkansas for well over 50 years. They've given you the opportunity to clear your land, collect timber, and they have developed all over Grant County and Sheridan, Arkansas. You need deer land? Call Shelby Taylor Trucking. Need to clear land for a house? Call Shelby Taylor Trucking. Shelby, Bobby, and all the guys at Shelby Taylor Trucking are ready to help you out with all your timber needs. Call them today, 942-7288. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.